This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to the Monday Discussion. This week, we're talking about frustration and how we can follow frustration to find freedom. Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And here at uh, our Celebrate Recovery, we work through the 12 steps on a yearly basis. That means that we work through just about one step each and every month. And, t- and today we're beginning our conversation about step 11. And now we know right now um, that we can't meet together. And so we're learning uh, to fight our battles uh, together, but at a distance. And that means that we have to look for new ways to be able to live out our recovery a little different. Um, but we believe wholeheartedly that our tools need to look the same uh, because we know that the 12 steps and eight principles are effective. And so we can't let lies creep in uh, that tell us that these things have to change. Our 12 steps, eight principles need to stay the same. And then, of course, I would just love if we could be encouraged that we can actually be leaders in applying our 12 steps and eight principles in new ways, ways that people may have never done before. And so we're going to continue to work our program so that we can heal, um, but we're going to have to get a little creative. And so today we're, we're going to begin our, our conversation about step 11. Um, if you're not on step 11, that's okay, because every conversation that we have is meant to stand alone. There, there's meant to be some kind of truth or, or, or principle that you can take and apply to your life. So I really encourage you to lean in to be able to hear what God is prompting you to hear, uh, that you can take that and and apply it to your own life. Um, But I just want to take a second real quick, um, because I know that maybe if you're unfamiliar with the 12 steps, then you could feel uh, like you're just completely on a different page and you have no idea what I'm talking about. And so uh, really quickly, I just want to run through our first three steps as these uh, just sent a really good foundation for our road to recovery. So step one says this, that we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives had become unmanageable. And what we really want to drive home here is that we're stepping out of denial and in to God's grace. And here at RCR, we love to say that once we take the step, doesn't mean that we stop taking it. So whatever brings us through the doors only opens the doors. Then step two says that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Here, we're trying to learn to believe that God could restore us to sanity, even if I don't believe that he would. This is all about learning the characteristics of who God is. Then in step three, it says that we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. This is how we turn from our sin and turn towards Jesus. This is the most important part, knowing that I matter to him. So we're going to go ahead and begin our conversation about step 11. 
But before we do so, uh, I would just love to take a second and greet each other. And I know that we can't do this in person, but I'm just going to pause real quick. And, and whether it's through a phone call or text message, however it is, I want you to just uh, let somebody know that you're thinking about them. Very good. So step 11 says this, that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the verse that we have that goes along with this is Colossians 3.16, which says, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. Have you guys ever felt frustrated um, only later just feel guilty about it? Well, frustration in nature is a selfish feeling. And a lot of times, most of the times, really, it's a top layer of a multitude of other undealt with emotions. The dictionary uh, defines the word frustrate as to make plans, efforts, etc. worthless or of no avail. Defeat or nullify. Really, frustration is rooted in expectations. I made plans or gave effort to something, and then my plans or efforts were made worthless. How frustrating, right? See, the problem is, though, is that on the road to recovery, I'm trying to practice a life on life's terms, not on my own. So if I'm experiencing frustration, then that, that should be a warning light. The railroad barricades are coming down and, and there's a train coming and I'm standing on the railroad. Step 11 tells me that I need to seek to improve my conscious contact with God through prayer and meditation, that I can know God's will for my life and then actually be able to carry that out. So then the question is, can I get frustrated about carrying out God's will? Well, I don't really think so, especially not if I believe that there's no mistakes in God's will and that if I believe all things happen for a reason and that God works all things to bring him glory. So then how can we follow our frustration to find freedom? I think we can start right at the very beginning. What I want to do is find my expectations. Find my expectations. You can write that down or take a mental note of it. Find my expectations. Now, this should be really easy. All I really need to do is ask myself, why are you getting frustrated? When I do this, it almost always jams my gears right into park when I'm going 80 miles an hour. And what I really want to do is in the moment, try to ask myself this question. Because if I can be honest in the moment when frustration just begins to boil, then I might be able to avoid making a complete mess of the situation that I'm in. But if I don't address it right away, that doesn't mean that I get a free pass or that I you know, made it through or I'm off the hook. If I don't address it right away, if I don't 
if I don't deal with my frustration right away, then I need to journal about it. I need to address it later on. The reason why I want to do this is because I want to be able to see patterns emerge. If I can take note of this, then I'm going to be able to adjust. I'm going to be able to say, well, I don't like the outcome of this. And so if I want to change it, then this needs to change. And I can also talk with sponsors or accountability partners or just a, a good friend. The point here is, is that I need to get honest about my expectations. I need to admit that my plans were interrupted and I didn't like it. Once I'm able to find my expectations, I'm going to size them up, size them up. That could be the next thing that you write down. What I mean is that I'm going to put them under the microscope. I'm going to throw them into the interrogation room and ask them, who are you? What do you want? What are your intentions? Where'd you come from? If I'm being honest with myself, most times that I size my expectations up, they're coming directly from me. I'm the mastermind behind creating unrealistic expectations and then getting upset about them. I have to ask myself, self, remind me again. Are you trying to carry out your will or God's because you're kind of acting like a little spoiled brat? What I'm trying to do here is to reduce and then hopefully replace my expectations. The next thing I'm going to do is look for God's plan. Look for God's plan. That's going to be the third thing that you write down. Now, it's very important that I don't just skip right to this part. When my expectations are in full force, oftentimes I want to justify them by attaching them to God's will or what I believe that he wants me to do. But in my experience, God is usually asking me to set aside my own desires for others. So I need to make sure, we need to make sure that we aren't just justifying our frustration so that we can stay in it. And the best thing that we can do is follow our frustration to God's plan. Now, this is going to look different to each of us in each situation, of course, but God is not the author of confusion. So he wants you to follow his paths. And so he'll mark them clearly. I just might have to gently remove the log from my eye in order to see it. Now, this is oftentimes the hardest part of the process, either because I feel like I can't or I don't want to follow God's will. If I feel like I can't, then I need to hit my knees. Prayer is the most effective way to receive the strength needed to summit the paths of God's will. Second and equally effective, like our verse Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. This means that I need to insulate my mind with the writings and teachings found in the Bible so that I can be prepared for these feelings. If I feel like I don't want to, well, there's many reasons this feeling might come up, but I'm just going to focus on one. Sometimes I want to be free to do whatever my heart desires, not realizing that in that moment, my desires are chaining me up and imprisoning me. Let me tell you that I've looked for freedom in probably any desire that you could imagine, and it's never set me free. It never satisfied. Although it may sound contradictory, following God's will is the only thing that brings freedom. See, when we step into God's plan, we're stepping into an infinite number of possibilities 
led by the most creative father who created all that we've ever seen or think. If you've never experienced that kind of freedom before, I would challenge you to abandon your expectations and look to follow God's will. This is how we're going to follow our frustrations to find freedom. Find my expectations, size them up, and look for God's plan. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together and talk about frustration. God, so many things in life make us feel frustrated. And God, I ask that you would show each one of us how we can follow that frustration to your plan to be able to follow your will for our lives. And God, I pray for any person who has maybe never experienced this before, that they would have a beautiful experience with you this week and that they would talk with someone about it. And God, I also pray for those who have maybe never stepped into a relationship with you that can't begin to comprehend all of these things that you're asking us to do. God, I ask that you would just overwhelm their hearts, that their hands would go up to you right now. They would begin to have a conversation with you, repenting for the things that they've done, God, and just asking you for help. And then, God, I pray that you would give them the strength to talk to somebody about it. God, I love you so much, and I thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. A great way that you can go ahead and put what you just heard into action right now is to call a friend and talk about it. You can talk about these questions. Why am I frustrated about whatever happened? What are my expectations and where did they come from? And how can I look for God's plan right now? Thank you for listening to the Monday discussion. I hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others. The things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations, not end them. So I pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you're struggling to find community and people to talk with, send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other, even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages, comments, or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.